The year is 1950s. <clears throat> the year is 1956. Elvis brings rock and roll into American homes. Ed Sullivan and Danny Thomas are conquering TV. The top grossing films were The Ten Commandments and Around the World in 80 Days. While all of this is happening, a kid from the Bronx is getting ready to move to Pittsburgh to attend college. This move will put into motion events that will change the cinematic landscape forever. That's not hyperbole. The young man will graduate in four years. He'll take a job working on commercials and even work with the legendary Fred Rogers. After seven years, he'll get an idea too crazy to work. He'll invite some friends and help get financing from coworkers and family. Then in 1968, with all of that, he will release Night of the Living Dead and change movie history forever. That is, if anyone could actually go see it. This year we return to talk George Romero, the godfather of modern zombie movies. His career spans decades, but what did he do in between all the movies that we know and love? Let's find out. This is Serial Killer. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Horror Show, the show that dissects, mutilates, dismembers, and butchers all of your favorite and not-so-favorite horror movies and other horror-related events. I'm Sean. I'm Joe. Serial Killer is back. You'll have heard, back. You'll have heard the, the moody intro I recorded that I haven't written yet, but I'll figure it out. Uh, nice. So I hope you enjoyed that. Um Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to do it again. It was a little overwhelming this week. This week. Um, my, my job was like insane this week. So it was like really tough to fit in, but I did it. I'm here. I'm not as ready as you are though. Somehow I am fucking ready. <laughs> I don't know what dude. Like last two episodes. You've it's, out it's the hot. fans, man. They, they've, they've hyped me up because once we announced it, I was getting all these messages. Just like, I've been waiting my whole life for you to do this. <laughs> like, there, right, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go all out. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fucking, it's great. It's great. I'm excited. And this format is always interesting. I am like a little nervous. Uh, I, I'm nervous about this, this, this content. I was not expecting. So I asked you this on the bonus episode and we kind of held back. Yes, before you before we jump right into yeah. it, I just want to. I, I said I was going to give a shout out to uh, Molly Rosensteel. I was at uh, Boston Calling, listener of the show, um, came up, w- fucking awesome person, like super cool to hang out with. I know you met her up in Salem, yep. um, and I just really want to. I love getting approached and people being like, "I love your show." You know, obviously for for an ego trip, it makes me feel good, but like just super cool fans that we have, and it's so like weird to me uh that when people come up and like she's like i've been listening to you since 2015 i was like naming off episodes that i've forgotten we've done shit so yeah. uh just wanted to say uh you know thanks for th- thanks for approaching and making me feel good so did you meet her um now fiance i did not uh he was not there oh he he was a trip it was fun um he was cool and it was funny because like i don't think he listens but he was like, oh, shit, like, I know your voice. Like, she listened, like, I hear you in my house. Like, it's <laughs> it's so fucking weird to hear your voice right now. Uh, she, like, texted him and her sister. It was like, I'm with Joe from the horse. I'm like, why are you, why are you telling him? Nobody gives a shit. Like, who the fuck? 
fucking laugh. But like her yeah. sister, her sister, like is a get like they told me this too because I, I think she said that sister's she, a big fan. Her sister was like fucking like jealous. Yeah, her her sister didn't. She like forced her to wa- listen to us like on a car trip to Disney World, which I was like, yeah. why? Why would you do that? And she was like, no, she ended up loving. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> she was so, the best. I just uh, I, I love meeting fans and. uh I hate. I, first off, I hate calling people fans. You know, it's so fucking. I know. Insane. I know. I know. But I love you. I love you, people in real life that listen to the show. And uh, yeah, makes you feel good. Makes yeah. you feel good. Makes makes me like doing this. Yeah. No. It's it's super fun. It's super fun. Um. Yeah. Um. Okay. So George Romero. We're doing George Romero. We're we're get, that was a baby. Did you hear, did you hear that? <laughs> um. So were you surprised? by how you felt about the first week of George Romero. Either you loved him or hated it. Were you surprised at which end you fell on? Yes, you asked me that on Patreon, and my answer is still yes. And I haven't told you what side I'm on. You have not. Do you feel the same? I feel the same. I, I, I am very surprised about what I watched. I was not expecting... I'm not expecting that at all. Um, and to me, um, movies like Martin and The Crazies and even Hungry Wives are all fucking great. Like, they're great, right? Dude, they're okay, fucking so glad incredible. Um, even if I didn't like the movie, the way they're made is so fucking well done for such a low budget. All low budget. And they're all like uniquely Romero, but none of them feel like copies of themselves. Like they're all so they're weird. all different. Like like we'll talk more about it. But Hungry Wives, <laughs> dude, like the way that it looks, it's like of course this is a witch. Like I I, I don't know the word for it, but it's like the most witchy feel. Most oh, witchy, for sure, most, most for witchy sure. film thing I've ever seen. Like when you see movies like The Love Witch and movies right. these days that like come out and do throwbacks to witch movies, it's like. It must have used that as his template. It has that's, like what I'm, that, that's what that, I'm. That's what I'm. Like wondering. hue and everything. It's fucking crazy. And dude, I've seen the crazies before. I I had seen the crazies years ago, and I remember thinking it was just okay. And I think maybe with whatever's going on in the world right now, uh, it just packs that much more of a punch. But I fucking loved it. He was like so far ahead of his time with that. It, it, it's it's so insane. Those movies were all so well done. Um, Martin. I, Dude, Martin is like one of the most unique vampire stories I've ever seen, and and it's crazy because it's not like over the top. No, it's actually pretty slow, and it's usually like a movie like that that I wouldn't really care too much about. But I was I had never seen it, and I was very impressed. Yeah, I, I was also. Um, so I guess I should have asked this before that one. But um, do you have like a do you have like any memories of? Your introduction to George Romero and like I guess Night of the Living Dead. Do it's like, Night of the Living Dead. It's Night of the Living Dead. Right. That's my introduction. And then like, do you have any memories from that? Like seeing that for the first time or anything? Or do you remember it or no? So I uh, I had seen the remake when it came out, like early nineties. Um I probably watched it like a couple years after it came out. And then hearing that it was a remake, I think my mom of all people who didn't want me doing anything. Like <laughs> censored everything for me. It was like, oh, that's a remake from from the 60s. And she found like the copy and, and let me watch it. And I was like, this is fucking amazing. Like, even as a kid watching that black and white movie, just be, 
it just really uh you remember that opening scene forever like the first time you see that it's yeah. just it's just ingrained in your brain forever oh my god like why dude like I remember it so fucking vividly seeing it and like the impact it had on me. And I remember I taped it off of TV just so I could show people like I would like to me, it was like entry level, but also like, I don't know, like there was still shock value to it. Like, yeah, it it, it was so friendly to like new watchers. Does, does that make sense? I guess like. The story it is like, is like a gateway drug, right? Yeah. It's not going to turn you off if you're not like a big gore fan or like right. scared really easily, but it's enough where if you are a horror fan to, to reel you in and want to keep finding out. More. It's like all levels. It hits on all yeah. levels. It, it's, it's, and you know what? It's funny. I made a joke at the end of the last episode where I was like, I don't want to be, I, <clears throat> I, I was actually thinking about the joke cause I hope it didn't come off wrong. But my point of about, like I said, I talked about how like the racial, tones to um night of the living dead but i made it well, i think joke. you were i think i think you were saying that everyone talks about that okay all right all right yeah that's that's what i meant but i was thinking about it after i was like did i say that the right way or is that going to come off weird but <laughs> no yeah. i thought it was more of like a comment on how every other podcast is just like it's Ooh. the first to ever like yeah we can't add any we know that we can't add anything to that right right that's what i was gonna say but like Man, like now I do want to talk about it. Like after rewatching it, I was like, "Fuck!" Like that is—it's so fucking good on a on a level of making a, a statement about race. Like it's so fucking crazy what what that movie did. That yeah. Uh, anyway, loved it. And then I found the I found the remake. I think through Joe Bob. I think through Monster Vision. I saw the remake, and I was—I remember being like. Wait, am I like nuts? This was in black and white, like when I saw it last. Like it was so weird because it started out exactly the same way, yeah. like to a T. And you're like, wait, what the fuck? And then you re- then you see somebody's fucking head explode, and you're like, oh shit, this is a different version. <laughs> yeah, it, the, the remake definitely uh, ramps it up a bit. I wish Savini made more movies, but directed more movies. I know, I know, it's crazy. And Savini was supposed to work on Night of the Living Dead. Um, but he got drafted into the Vietnam War, so he ended up not doing it. And then he will show up in this. Uh, he will show up in this. In this, it, Martin is his first one, I believe, with Martin. with Savini. Um, so we'll we'll definitely get there. So this week we're going to be talking about Night of the Living Dead, um, Seasons of the Witch, which was a kind of a bonus, The Crazies, and Martin. But Joe watched literally everything through that period. He watched There's Always Vanilla, which I believe is a rom-com. Well, well, we'll that's what they would like you to believe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You also watched The Amusement Park. So we'll talk about those in here, too. Um, Dude, I wanted to find this fucking movie just to say that I watched it called The Booby Hatch. Directed by John Russo, his writing partner for, from Night of the Living Dead, and uh, some overlapping characters in all the other films. It's a porno. Let's make no mistakes about it. It's it's, it's a porno with a plot, like one of those old school ones. Uh, I can't find it anywhere, so if anybody knows where I can find it, I want to watch The Booby Hatch. The Booby Hatch? <laughs> yes. Bro, I just got to chill. <laughs> <laughs> the Booby Hatch? That guy was probably like 45 when he was making it. Um... 
Yeah, um, there's always vanilla he didn't write and the amusement park he didn't write, but that's because I, f- I feel like a medical f- facility <laughs> wrote, wrote the amusement park for him. Um, but do oh man, it's such it's so weird to start with Night of the Living Dead because you feel like you feel like you want to end it there, but like imagine starting your first your career out with Night of the Living Dead. Well, I think I think that's why Romero should be considered a goat, a greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. Because when you start with that, there's only one place to go but down. Yeah. And the success of these movies that we watched this week did go down. But then yeah. he bounces back with Dawn of the Dead, which is arguably the greatest zombie movie of all time. Yeah. And like he just he just keeps like reinventing himself and, and finding new things to do and like making quality movies. And yeah. What I'm saying is to, to start off with something this good. And continue your career and not just like fade into obscurity, like trying to reach that high again is very impressive. Right. And we saw that with, I mean, Toby Hooper, right? Was was Texas Chainsaw his first one? Uh, was that his debut? I think so. Because if so, then yes. That's, that I, I, It's so embarrassing. I don't know that off the top of my fucking head. I thought Eaten Alive was, but no. <laughs> oh, wait. I think you're right. I think you might be. I think you might be right. What the fuck? I feel like I'm not. I feel like Texas was. Oh, no. He did Eggshells. Is he the director in that? What the fuck is this timeline? No. No. He did uh, Texas He did Texas Chainsaw first and then Eaten Alive. So so you're right. That's that's a great example. Um, yeah. And he never he never got back to that point. Never. <laughs> never. He, did pol- he did Poltergeist, but then that's well, what debated. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, and, and it it is also a little bit weird because I think Toby, looking at his resume just now, and um, George Romero, even though they weren't, I mean, I'm not trying to discredit them, but like, it appears they were both working in film prior to making a movie, right? Like, George Romero was making fucking commercials Mr. and Mr. Sh- Rogers. He works on Mr. Rogers, Yeah. Mr. Rogers gets a tonsillectomy. Dude, what a fucking thing to put on TV. But, like, he worked behind a camera before, right? And he worked with fucking a legend in 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 te- making making film, right? That With Mr. Rogers. So, um... Dude, he did a commercial. It's called The Calgan Story. It's, like, for, for laundry detergent. Did you, did special you effects that? heavy. Yeah. Dude, it was, like, the most sci-fi commercial. Like, it's incredible. Uh, it was probably a higher budget than all of his fucking movies because yeah. there was fucking giant tentacles and shit. But that's what I mean. That was actually the one that I was like, wait, me? Like, not, I'm not trying to discredit it, but, like, he had some shit under his fucking belt and then was like, here's my first movie, which I'm not saying it's easy to go out and make, like, of what the most iconic movie in the last 50 years, it, definitely the most iconic horror movie, right? Yeah, I mean, it started most influential. It started what we know, like, and it, what is so popular today with zombies. Like, it zombies as we know it didn't exist before this. How did you, how did he come up with this? Like, those old ass zombie movies, and all he did was like, oh, I'm gonna do that and I'm gonna bring them to us. Because they were always like eat people and on the island and eat people and because he talks about that in some documentary that I watched. Um, 
he was like, I just wanted to like have these things back from the dead. And like, what's the most shocking thing these things could do besides just walk around and not be dead anymore. He's like, fucking eat people, like fucking eat each other. That's nobody wants to see that. That's so nuts. That's so crazy. Um, he was only 27 when he made this. Like I always that, just, that fucked me up when I heard that. I always just picture him being 50 with those big glasses. Joe, <laughs> when I watched some like behind the scenes footage, dude, he's like a young, good looking dude. Like he's pretty big and he's got like a full head of black hair. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Because I every picture anyone shows is just fucking old and those glasses <laughs> fucking twenty times bigger than you need to be. <laughs> Why are you wearing those? <laughs> and him just being old and happy with a ponytail. That's only what I think about. But he was he was a boy once. <laughs> <laughs> Which, funny enough, uh, the title of this episode I, I had given it to Reagan for marketing purposes is a boy from the Bronx or a kid, from, just a kid, just a kid from the Bronx. Or, Which is also crazy because he's so associated with Pennsylvania. Everything's nuts. Pennsylvania. Joe he's a Bronx kid. <laughs> Bronx kid. I was like, why the fuck? <laughs> right. Like, I feel like Pittsburgh takes credit for him. <laughs> they do. They claim him. I mean, yeah. I mean, and rightfully he, so because he, he yeah. does everything in Pittsburgh. He fucking, he went there. He went there for college for Carnegie Mellon. Carnegie dropped out. He didn't even finish. And then just fucking fell in love with Pittsburgh, I guess, because every movie's shot there and he hires every one of the town's people. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, I mean, for the, for the hip hop heads, it's like Gangstar. Like everyone considers Gangstar a New York act, but premieres from Houston, Guru's from Boston. And, they, <laughs> and that's where they grew up. And that's, and that's like Guru started in Boston and he wasn't getting any hype. So he went to New York City and that's where he blew up and he claimed New York City. So it's a. Uh, Pretty that, similar. How, I how, actually like, did not know that because yeah. they, they have such a New York sound. It's insane. They are New York. Like, like one of like the most New York band groups, but they're not, they're not from there. <laughs> That's so nuts. Um, oh, and, and like another thing, like Romero's Hispanic. Like he's a Hispanic director. People don't mention that because I was watching him talk about his Bronx days and yes. he was like, it was like. West Side Story back then when I was growing up. He's like, you know, the Hispanics and the Italians didn't get along and they had like street gangs. He's like, but I look like a fucking Guido. So nobody ever bothered me. And he's like, yeah, he's like, but, and they like forget my last name is Ramiro and I'm actually Hispanic. But like, I also, I never hear anyone talk about like Hispanic film directors and name George Ramiro. They don't, they don't. And it, it, that's, that's, it's actually crazy. I thought the same thing. I saw that interview and he was like, yeah, he, he survived because he could pull off being um, in both games. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he was like, so I was like safe. I just like played to those strengths. And I was like, <laughs> oh, shit. Um, but yeah, no, that was I thought of the same thing. Like, what a what a fucking what a fucking guy, man. Like, so he grows up in the Bronx, goes to Pittsburgh, drops out of college and just starts making fucking movies with his friends and on the fly. I just, mean that that's another crazy thing about like we could talk about the zombies and like the influence of the movie Night of the Living Dead, but what like people never really like highlight is they did everyone involved in this did like multiple roles. Like the actors were serving as producers and makeup effects and like special effects. Like they were just doing it so the movie can get made. Like the people in the house were also making the effects and like they have no experience with any of that. Yeah, and, and it's actually crazy because George Romero's super hard on himself about these three movies, actually. Um, well, specific – well, not not hard on himself on The Night of the Living Dead. Well, I, yeah, I guess he is on that, too. But really, um, 
the which one uh the, the one with three different titles jack's wife is the real title from romero <laughs> nuts <laughs> Um, the other, uh, what is it? The witch, the, the last season of the witch, season of the witch. Yeah. Martin and hungry wives. Oh, oh, what what do you say? Oh, I thought you were saying the three titles of them. Yeah. 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 That's what I wanted. So those ones he's really hard on and he won't rewatch them. Well, I mean, he can't now, but, uh, he, 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 he he wouldn't, (laughs) he wouldn't rewatch them. He wouldn't rewatch them ever. He, he he was like embarrassed by them. And he's like, I know they're not bad. We didn't have a budget. And then here's the other crazy part was all those movies were low budget because Night of the Living Dead still hadn't been like seen yet. Yeah. So he was like, as big as like, think about that. Your hit is Night of the Living Dead forever, right? Yes. But you spend the first like Let's see. You spend the first few years of your life like fighting because no one's still seen that one fucking great movie that you'll will end up like keeping your career going. But through seventy seven, he has none of that. Dude, that movie was made for a hundred. Night of Living Dead was made for one hundred and fourteen thousand dollars, and it made thirty million, which is two hundred and sixty three times its budget. And Romero hasn't seen like much of that money. He has seen none of it. He has seen none of it. Um, uh, let's hop into um, let's hop into Night of the Living Dead here. Um, yeah. So, uh, if you want me to do this, or please tell me if you don't, because it might be obnoxious. I wrote no. down like the key actors and like what else they've been in, just yeah. to like, kind of highlight it. Fuck yeah. So, um, Dwayne Jones has been. He's also in a great movie called Ganja and Hess and Beat Street. I highly recommend those. Yeah. But I, I, the reason I highlight these is because so many of them are in like nothing or in nothing. Right. That's that's a theme through a lot of his movies. So we have Dwayne Jones as Ben. We have Judith O'Day as Barbara. She's in a billion like Z tier horror movies. Movies you like couldn't pay me to watch. <laughs> she's Barbara, like iconic. Iconic. Uh, we have Carl Carl Hardman as Harry. He's in nothing except Santa Claus. Spelled. <laughs> Spelled Claus, C-L-A-W-S. We have Marilyn Eastman as Helen Cooper, who's in nothing except Santa Claus. And uh, there's a theme here. Most of these guys are in Santa Claus, and it's written by that fucking guy who did Booby Hatch. <laughs> so so that makes sense now. <laughs> in 1996, too, he got, he got them all to come out of like obscurity just to be in Santa Claus. I hope it's just like, I hope I like didn't read into it, and it's just like footage from this film but Uh-oh. apparently they're in that um keith wayne is tom he's in nothing else we have judith ridley as judy she's in there's always vanilla we have russell Striner as johnny who has that iconic they're coming to get you barbara line he's in pretty much nothing else and then we have bill hinsman as the ghoul the first zombie that you see in the cemetery and i want to highlight him because watching it now is so fucking funny because johnny and barbara are in the cemetery and johnny <laughs> johnny's <laughs> Johnny sets up the scene for the zombie to attack by just being like, look at him. He's coming to get you. In Johnny's mind as a character, that's just a fucking old, disgusting looking man. Right. He's just being like, look at this fucking freak stumbling through the cemetery. And he's doing it with an earshot. Being like, look at this guy. It's, like, it's so funny to watch now. Which, by the way, um, it's something we would be doing if it were us. That's what I'm saying. In our 20s, for sure, would just be super cruel and be like... <laughs> He's coming to get you, Barbara. <laughs> Guy's just visiting his dead wife. <laughs> <laughs> trying to put some flowers. 
And also they're visiting, so their, dead par- they're di- visiting their dead mom and I, I, he's still taking time out of his day to be like, Ooh. <laughs> and she's like, you're scaring me. <laughs> like imagine it wasn't a horror movie. It was just, just some guy. <laughs> <laughs> Which, in those characters' minds, that's that's what it was. Like, he yeah. just thinks it's just some guy walking her way. Um, Judith Ridley, you pointed out, is she plays Judy. Judith Ridley is uh, an all-time hottie for me. I, 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 I I'm in love with her in this movie. I've been in love with she her. Looks She's great gorgeous. And always vanilla. And See, now, now I'm going to go, I'm going to watch Don't, it now. That's the only positive thing I will ever <laughs> say about this. Always vanilla. Okay. All right. Let's, um, so, and that comes next. The, after the, on the heels of the it greatest sure horror movie ever made. <laughs> I cannot, I, I actually can't wait to tell you about there's always vanilla. Uh, but yes. Oh my <laughs> gosh. I love it. Um, to I mean, we don't have to tell the story of we do we have to go. Uh, do you have a, what is your favorite scene or did you have a favorite most iconic scene in Night of the Living Dead that you're like, that's my fucking scene right there. So and and just to kind of backtrack before I get into that. I kind of figured we would spend like the least amount of time on Night of the Living Dead because oh. it it's one of his best. Right. Right. Like, there's. Nothing we can't say that hasn't been said better in a thousand times over, right? Um, the most iconic scene, or my favorite, I mean, I just, it's so cliche to say, but that cemetery scene and then that ending, man, that ending is so bleak. And that he has a female protagonist, an African American protagonist, yep. and he has fucking kids die. In this movie, which, I, yeah. this is 1968, and he's doing these things. It's like, well, I can't believe nobody was like, "Hey, man, like, what are you doing?" Which I'm glad they didn't, but the fact that he he was doing this is amazing. Hey, uh, and that by the way, ending, th- dude, that like, trend keeps going, dude, with Martin and fucking the other one. Um, I keep forgetting the movies we're doing. The crazies, the crazies, um, the violence, shocking. There's there's shocking violence in each one where you're like, wait, yeah. what the fuck? Who allowed this guy behind a fucking camera? <laughs> like you would think somebody's like, you can't do that. Like, nobody's gonna nobody's gonna market this. What do you what are you thinking? But he did it, and like I love like I think that's what I love the most about it is that he just didn't give a shit, and he, I like I don't think he was trying to even necessarily do that for like clout. You know, he, no, I think he's just I like, this, this so. is what's going to make that story good, and I'm going to do it. And he did it. He he does that seamlessly. So everything I said, dude, Martin has hard-to-watch scenes in it, and which I don't like. I'm not a fan of that shit. He does it in such a way that I don't want to say it's enjoyable, but, like, it's needed for the story. I don't know. He does it in such a way that it's like, it's ne- not necess- it's necessary, but it's like whoa, like that's fucking. You couldn't have you couldn't have elevated it the way it did um, without doing yeah. it that way. And think about like putting yourself in perspective of watching this in 1968. Dude. You've never heard the term zombie, and you won't in this movie. It, he doesn't utter the name zombie, so you yeah. don't know what zombies are, and you're not really. Like, if you think about the linear plot of this, you're not entirely sure what's happening. Yeah. Until, like, well into the movie. Yeah. You just know that this old guy tried to eat you. Why you say fuck? 
No, it's just like a genius thought. Like I, that's, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, you're pumped. Yeah. that's so crazy. <laughs> that's so fucking crazy to think about that. Like you have no, zombies are not a thing in your world. It's not a thing. You don't know what you're watching. You're just an old guy. <laughs> that's so nuts. It's, now everyone's showing up at this house and like, it's a whole mix match. Like you what is happening? Racist piece of shit in the basement. <laughs> you have, you have, you do it. I mean, that guy's a hall of fame villain. Asshole. He's yeah. so <laughs> unlikable. He's such an unlikable piece of shit yep. and he plays it so well. Yeah. You fucking can't wait for that guy to die. Yeah. Everything he says is like atrocious. You're like, wow. <laughs> yeah. To his wife, to, to, oh, to Ben, everyone. like to, to everyone. He's just a fucking great A piece of shit. But then there's like the human side of it where he's like trying to protect, you know, a little girl that's down in the basement yeah. and he's going for himself. And you're like, what would I like? This is crazy. Like, yeah. Why? I don't know what I would do in this situation. But my whole original point was like watching this for the first time without knowing what what the undead or the zombies are. That must be terrifying. You're watching this unfold. Yeah. Fuck, dude. Uh, that like what a turn too. Because you do when is when I wonder when the when is the first time we see them eating people. Is it like in that climax? Is that the first time we're like, oh fuck, they're eating them too? Uh, I wish I I took like notes on on yeah scenes no. now because like I and and the thing is too, even though it's black and white, they were eating like, like real organs. Yeah, <laughs> he was using like liver from like Chop Stop. It was it was insane. It was insane. covering like deli meat and, and chocolate. <laughs> Where what did you what did you watch it on? Was it Shutter that I watched? I watched it on a streaming service. Oh, okay. Um, c- c- did you watch the 4K restoration that George Lucas did? I'm not sure. It, it said it like at the beginning. There was like all this shit at the beginning. So w- cool thing. This movie is uh, a Criterion collection. Yeah. It's a- it was acquired um, by the MoMA Museum of Modern Art in 1980 and added to the National Film Registry of the Library of Congress in 1999, which is amazing. And then George Lucas um, restored, well, not him directly, but his foundation restored the movie. And it took them years to do, um, to restore it from, like, the original prints because uh, it wasn't, like, well-preserved. And, be, uh, Joe, we had mentioned this. George Romero made no money on this, in case you weren't aware, because his production company changed the title. It had a different name. Um, Night, uh, what, what was the... Night of the Flesh Eaters, it was originally called. So they had a title, and you have to put that copyright symbol next to it. They decide to change the title. They forget the copyright symbol, and <laughs> Night of the Living Dead becomes uh, public domain upon its release. So no one had to pay for it. You could get it, trade it, sell it. Any company that wanted to could sell a copy of Night of the Living Dead, and George Romero made no money, which, by the way, you think Hollywood would fucking help them out like the unions, like the Writers Guild unions would be like, hey, we're going to start like a fucking pool here for George, like fucking old Georgie over here. Um, and while it didn't get distributed at all at the beginning because it had no copyright, um, it took a while to get seen. But then millions upon millions of people see it once it like once it gets starting to. And George Romero says it's probably the best thing that ever happened to him, like, which is insane to say. But he, dude, would the movie have gotten as far as it did if theaters and, you know, VHS makers didn't have to that's pay a, for it? That's a great point. 
That's a great point because because for those reasons that we just highlighted like five minutes ago, who's gonna promote that? Like, <laughs> yeah. you're shipping that to someone and and people can't like freely just send it around and, and they have, have nothing to pay to for it. it. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, theaters have to pay for it. Like, do, are they willing to take that risk unless it's fucking free? Like a free fucking movie? Yeah. Like, that's a great point. Yeah. A, a, and George even was like, I think it might have been like the best thing a in hindsight. Yeah. yeah. Um, he said the lack of copyright enabled millions of people to see it without anybody having to pay royalties. I honestly think that's a big reason the film's still around. <laughs> he like is so fucking hard on himself. It's crazy, dude. Like he was like, I don't ever want to see Martin. I don't ever want to see seasons of the witch. He's like, eh, no, I'll never watch it. As long as I, <laughs> it's like, oh dude. Like, really? Cause I thought he said Martin was his favorite that he did. He he did, but like, he won't go back and watch he won't it. Cause, watch the- <laughs> Cause he thinks technically it's flawed. Like he understands why it's crazy. Cause he's like, I get why people didn't watch him. Like he's like, they're technically flawed. Like he looks back at his work, dude. I mean, this is only his, what? Like third movie, you know what I mean? Like, or whatever it is. Mar- well, Martin's a little bit later, but um, season of the witch is his third movie. Yeah. And it's like, he, he was like, I was still literally learning how to use, he's like, it was the first time I did a dolly shot. I'd never used it before. <laughs> Didn't know what the fuck I was doing. So he's learning during this process, which is even crazier because they're all so fucking good. <laughs> it's so crazy. Like the gorilla style that they're doing and having it work is insane. Like the farmhouse that they use in Night of the Living Dead, they said that there was like, um, oh, a, uh, a moat of sorts or just like a body of water that they had to wade across yeah. to get to it. And one of the guys was just like, we need somebody to like build us a bridge. And one of the guys on the set was like, yeah, I'll fucking do it. Just <laughs> built a bridge that you can build, that you can drive cars over. And George is like the people on the set, like all just used their talents and like chipped in and pulled together. And like, that's how we made it work. It's so fucking crazy. It's so fucking crazy. Oh, but I was going to say um, before, uh, and then I got derailed myself um, that George Lucas restoration is nuts and it's the clearest thing and romero was even like dude like i'm surprised it even came out this good because he's like i'm pretty sure we filmed it on toilet paper so like (laughs) he was like this is fucking nuts um but it's so clear that for the first time you really see the special effects and like they're not great and it's so crazy i mean i think it still works it's actually grosser i'll be honest it's actually more disgusting because they're like vile looking (laughs) um but it's so crazy how different of a movie it is and a vibe it is um, without that. Like, every copy was, like, looked like shit. Especially the basement scene is almost pitch black. Yeah. Uh, and those. And in the 4K restoration, it's like you can see everything's visible. And you're like, oh, fuck. Like, that's insane that we were just watching, like, dubs on dubs on dubs. Like, like over and over again. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, do is there anything else we want to talk about with um, Night of the Living Dead? Because I do, I, I, I don't want to like everyone knows about it. I feel like I feel like it's yeah. I mean, we have five movies to cover. It's it's a yeah. lot. I mean, yeah. So I think I think, I think we did it justice. Uh, do we want to? I think we did it with Toby. I could be making it up. Do you want to give it a rating? Like, do we want to rate them? So Ooh. At the end, we can rank them. <laughs> oh shit! Out of what five? Out of five, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, Night of the Living Dead's a five out of five. It's a five. It's a fucking five. There's no, <laughs> there's no debate. Listen, I'm, I'm out of my uh, rating zone. Um, yeah, man, what a what a fucking good movie. I just fucking love it so much. And um, 
Hey, Joe, would you recommend Night of the Living Dead to anyone? <laughs> I would recommend Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> okay. Okay. Do you think there's anybody listening that hasn't seen it yet? There's, there's got to be probably a couple, right? Uh, Yeah. I, I know some of our fans that haven't seen it. And it's... I like, I'm just, dude, I... I whenever people tell me that, I know some people like when someone tells oh, me, yeah. like, "What the fuck's wrong with you?" But like, I'm fucking jealous. If Dude. I got to watch that for the first time right now, it'd be I'd blow your fucking mind, blow your fucking hair back. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> All right. So after this, George is like, "Hey, I've got an idea. I'm gonna direct this movie." I, he didn't write this, but there's always vanilla. Which is listed as a rom com. I did not watch it. It is listed as a rom com. <laughs> I did not watch this, but Joe did. Joe, how was There's Always Vanilla? Okay. There's Always Vanilla <laughs> is literally one of the worst things I have ever sat through. I don't I do not say that lightly. It is excruciating. It's a fucking chore. It, it it's it's honestly should be like a feat of strength for people to sit through that and watch it. And even George is like, the script is not great. And to George's credit, there, there's really, well, I, not to George's credit, you know, the, the directing, the, I'll tell you why the directing has some, some qualms too, but this fucking script and this dialogue is literally painful. I don't know what this plot is. He calls it a rom-com, if I'll, okay, so so we have Judith Ridley again, who who is Judy in Night of the Living Dead. Um, she's she's like the main lead. She's Lynn, uh, and then we have Raymond Lane as Chris, who we'll see in Season of the Witch. He plays Greg and George. This that means that's twice that George decided to cast him as a heartthrob. This guy is twenty six in this movie. He looks no younger than fifty nine. He he is the most middle aged, <laughs> vanilla, bland looking guy. I mean, for a movie called There's Always Vanilla. It, He's the most vanilla fucking guy I've ever seen in my life. The romance in this movie, like, it's, it, it doesn't exist. This guy, the first time he meets Lynn, Lynn is, Lynn is a model. Lynn, Lynn is a smoke show, as you said. She's gorgeous. Oh, my God. I love her She's so gorgeous much. in here. She shows, she looks the same, by the way. It's like fucking three years after. She shows Chris, like, her, her. Mo- photo shoot like her model shoots because yeah. she's an actress and she's in uh tv commercials and she shows it to, to chris and he looks at him and he's immediately this is the first time they're meeting and he's immediately like holy shit you're fucking fat like that that's the thing that he says and she's like what and he's like jesus they have a lot of fucking work to do on you and she's like how dare you talk to me like that and she's like don't you know who my dad is and her dad's somebody that works in film and he's like well that fucking explains why like a pig like you would get work and he's just ripping on her and then and she's like well uh, can you give me a ride home and he's like get in you stupid bitch which which is something that he actually calls her like multiple times and then for some reason Romero has it filmed like the office because this guy will then be like uh, a Jim from the office and just it'll it'll cut he'll be like driving a car and it'll cut to him just looking at the camera and being like yeah this, these were the days like I, I wish I could have back like what are you doing <laughs> it, it, it's so choppy and absurd I don't actually know what the plot is because we'll see him meet this girl but before that he talks to his dad for a while and then uh we watch his, him and his dad smoke weed and get lap dances in real time and then it will splice to him talking to the camera like jim again he meets and berates and talks to this girl like complete shit and then gets her pregnant 
And then she's like, uh, you don't have a job and you do nothing. And he's just like, uh, fuck you. And then his parents find him sleeping in a tree. <laughs> Wait, and, which and is the his, cover of the fucking... Dude, Sean, it means nothing. It means his mom just comes out and is like, well, who's that in our tree? Call the cops. And then the dad will come out and be like, you dumb bitch. That's our son. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? And then the dad's like, you got to get a job. And then he goes on a job interview which is like a real time fucking job interview, <laughs> dude. Sean, Sean, I don't. There is no plot, and it's just like it's just guys doing like day to day things. And in this job interview, he's like, you know, I used to be a pimp, and the guys are like, well, I guess you're hired then. And like, what? What, what are you? What are we doing here? I don't know why why this movie exists. I don't know what point they were trying to convey. She ends up leaving him, um, but. Uh, she marries some other guy, and it ends with him sending a huge, <laughs> like a Looney Tune, sending a huge box to her house, and it's like from Chris. So it, she opens it, and then just big balloons come out and fly to the sky, and, that, and that's how the movie ends. So you miss nothing by not watching that. It is a miserable, miserable experience. The dialogue is terrible. The directing is pretty subpar. To follow up Night of the Living Dead with this, and then to still get work after this, is fucking obscene. Uh, it gets one out of five stars. On, on the bottom of the box is a note from Chris addressed to Lynn telling her to always remember the carefree times they had together, which is so funny that the carefree times are him being it's like, just him you right, piece Sean, of shit. Dude, Sean, there's literally scenes, and this isn't an exaggeration of me like embellishing it. He's just being like, your fucking ass is way too big. And she's just being like, Hoo? and he's like, get in the car, bitch. But like. Then he'll like look at the camera and like smile, and, and it's supposed to be like endearing. Like they're making, they're not painting. He's our protagonist. They're not painting him to be a bad guy. It's it's very very bizarre that they're having him do this. This is insane. <laughs> oh, George, what are you doing, buddy? <laughs> what the fuck? So that's so sixty eight. He does that in seventy one. Seventy three. Yeah. He somehow makes two movies. Okay, he makes Seasons of the Witch. Yes. Um, which is a witch movie, which he says is not a witch movie. Um, I mean, one, witch movie. here's what I'm going to say. Here's what I'm going to say. Love the guy. Love him so much. You watch his interviews. This guy's so full of shit. It's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, I love him, but he is like, he, he just takes it to an, another level. And he's an interesting cat because you think of him as like, he loved you almost think of him as like a guy that loves being an underdog, like having low budgets and stuff. And in reality, he like every time he's like, I wish this was a commercial success. Like he's like, I like he's very about like the commercial end of it, like and, and making the money on these movies. Like when you when you watch these interviews um, and he'll be like, I don't think this was deserved a commercial success. If I had more stars, it may be like and it's like, oh, man, like that's that's an interesting way to put it. Um but he he comes so he he makes there's always vanilla which as Joe says a dud, and then he comes into seasons of the witch. Now, I think seasons of the witch and Martin have a similar vibe of taking a concept like a witch or a vampire and making something really fucking weird and unique. It it is very unique, and that's a good point to bring both of them in because. It is like an everyday life witch and vampire. Like yes. they're doing day to day stuff. Yeah. 
but they are these things in this world, right? It, it's just like a, a less extravagant take than you, the classic characters that you would think of for like witches or, or vampires. Right, right. And he was like, um, I said he didn't think of it as a witch movie. He really, he, he, he was just, he was trying to make something. I forget the word he was using. Fuck. Let me see if I have it in my notes. But it, it's definitely like different, right? It is. It has a very amateurish feel in the sense that like if I didn't know that this came out five years after Night of the Living Dead, I would think this was his first movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because he was like, oh, yeah. And he was like, this isn't horror. Um, and he's like, I wanted to make like a Rosemary's Baby type of movie. But like Rose does have that vibe. He's like, Rosemary's Baby is horror. This is not horror. Like he's like, this is this has like a couple of moments that might be scary but he's like it is not a horror movie um it's really a, a bored unhappy housewife movie yeah that's that's what it is it's like yeah and he's uh, yeah that's what he was saying about the witchcraft so he was like he's like it's not really about witchcraft it's like this woman that's using witchcraft as like a an excuse an escape a, 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 an excuse like she she's romero doesn't believe that she is actually a witch like romero's like she's not a witch she she's using it as an excuse to behave the way she's behaving. I mean, that's interesting, but we watch her go to a coven and that hey. lady's like, I'm a fucking witch. And then we watch, wait, <laughs> wait, 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 hold up, George. Listen, By the way, I fucking love you. And I love this movie. We watch her do spells and those spells come to fruition. <laughs> I'm a hundred percent with you, by the way, this is what I'm saying. But every movie you watch an interview with him with, he'll have something like this in there where he's like, well, actually, it's this. And you're like, George, motherfucker, motherfucker's a witch, motherfucker's a vampire. Like, come on. Like, what are we fucking, what are we doing here? <laughs> like, I think he's making movies with subtext and then forgetting, like, that there's subtext in it. And there's being like, well, that's the actual plot. No, you made a movie about a witch, but you're talking about, like, the monotony of being a housewife. Well, yeah, right? And then, like, uh, so The Crazies is another one where he was like, yeah, it's not really a horror movie. It's a satire. It's a it's a oh, <laughs> and it's like George, like the most graphic bullet scenes I've ever seen in my life. They actually like ch- churned my stomach a little bit because they were like a little too realistic. But like, it was just like George. What, what the fuck are you saying? Like, it's, he's like, it's like kind of a comedy. Uh, well, what, George, this is like why you called the other movie a fucking rom com. Like. Let, let's take let's take the uh, the genre uh, allowance away from George. He's not allowed to assign genres to his fucking movies. Um, you know what killed me, made me laugh about this one is that I know it had like a re-release. It, he made it in '73 and then they released it later. But the tagline that you'll see on most of these covers are first Night of the Living Dead, then Dawn of the Dead, now George Romero's Season of the Witch." Linearly speaking, that doesn't make sense. And also, if you're compare, if you're hyping up those two movies for this, you're gonna set the viewer up for a bad fucking time. That's that's <laughs> true. That's true. I really liked it though. Like it was, it was slow. I liked it too. It, it was slow, which will be a theme for him. The the this during this period, it's very. Mm, I don't want to say monotonous, but like, like you keep saying, they're doing everyday shit. Yes. So a lot of these movies, you just see them like going to the fucking grocery store, and you're like, correct. You're like, oh, okay. Including Martin, right? <laughs> we watch shopping scenes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So 
it's definitely a little it's definitely a little slow, but I I really did enjoy it, and the ending is fucking it's great. Weird. I would definitely recommend watching it for sure. I, I would I would recommend I guess everything on here. I mean, except- I think he's he's getting brave. Like you, you see him getting brave with shots that he's doing, which yeah. don't always work. But like the opening scene of this, you see a woman following a man, but then it just like cuts to something that you don't know why he's cutting to it, and I still don't know why he's cutting to it, and it's not a smooth transition. But he's just like taking chances with what he's doing with his. Is shooting and, and he shoots he, he'll keep doing that right like that's his shot and i i read it's because he's and why, by the way this also explains why his movies are like always like three hours and like every movie you read about it's like yeah and they, had to, they had to demand that i cut it down but it should be a three shot. hour movie the original the original cut of this is four hours yes, yes that's, the is four that's hours. what I- <laughs> he said half of the movie is left on the floor it's so fucking crazy. And it's because he's like, film everything. We just film everything and then edit it down. And it's like, George, you're not editing shit down here, clearly. But but though that's what he does. He'll take, like, shots of, like, there's one scene in, like, the, the crazies that I really like. But it's just them marching over the kids' toys, right? And it's like, oh, yeah, like, he fucking sat there and made them shoot that for, like, probably, like, ten minutes. And... It's just used to, like, cut between takes. Like, because, yes. I mean, they're doing amateur shit, right? So the takes are probably going to be short and tough to tough to do. But that's what he'll do for all of these movies. Um, seasons and and of- I, I also love about Seasons of the Witch is that Romero claims that he was pressured to have uh, very graphic sex scenes, but he refused, which which we know he does that again. He claims that again in Monkey Shines. Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> why are people trying to bully George? Are people really trying to bully you? Into- <laughs> or are they cutting your sex scenes out? Because, <laughs> by the way, if I if I was like, hey, if I if I made a movie and they were like, bro, this is way too graphic. You cannot put this sex scene in there. I'd be like, oh, yeah. And then I'd immediately go out and tell everyone they cut it out. <laughs> he's not even saying that, he's not even that saying they, they were He's just they saying were, they, they refused yeah. it. And I, I, I'm honestly inclined to believe you. Just be like, what if I have this close-up shot? Of, like, <laughs> Over butthole. Pen- penetration. And everyone's like, no. And he's like, oh, fuck it. They refused. To, I'm refusing that. <laughs> yeah. I, hey, how dare you ask me to film that? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, wait, George, uh, you asked that. Oh, you guys are vile. <laughs> I will never put that in my movie. And this is another one with a, with a pretty unknown cast. Like, I love that he yeah. does this with just like locals from the town because Joan, the main witch, is uh, played by Jan White, and she's only in one other feature fe- feature length film and two TV credits, and that's it. Then we have uh, Bill Thornhurst, who's the husband of Joan. His only other credit is The Crazies. And then we have Raymond Lane as Greg Williamson, who, again, is the fucking heartthrob. I think I said he was 25 in the other film. He's 25 in this film, which means he was 20, 23 in the other film. Yeah. This is the oldest fucking looking guy I've ever seen. And he looks like shit. Like, stop casting him. He's also in the booby hatch, which, again, somebody find me that. <laughs> and he's in, sudden, he's, in, he's in Sudden Death with uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Oh, hell yeah. Sudden death rocks. Uh, booby trap. Is that booby with a Y or an IE? With a Y. It's booby hatch. Booby. Booby hatch. Yeah. And it's this a, a pornography. I was hoping that was what. Uh, there's always vanilla. Like, the cover of There's Always Vanilla. <laughs> oh, I, I got, like I got, I got the booby hatch for you, bro. 
Oh, you did? Oh, it's going up on Plex? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to change his fucking cover art. <laughs> Cartoon guy pounding out a girl on a fucking medical table. <laughs> I'm so excited. Okay, so next next episode, I'll uh, we'll have a booby booby hatch review. <laughs> that oh, that should be our bonus. Can we do a bonus on booby hatch on the booby hatch? Done, done. I'll watch booby hatch this week. <laughs> um, so uh, what are you rating? Um, what are you rating season of the witch? Because that's kind of a tough thing. Because like, I, I'm giving it a solid three, a solid three. Um, out of five. That that's a that's a big rating. For that, I think. Um, I find it hard because I do think part of it is just like, this is when I was surprised. This is when I started to be surprised about George Romero. Because I thought for sure this was going to be a giant piece of shit. Mm-hmm. I did too. You even said when when we were going through it, like, maybe we can skip this one. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's highlighted as like a skippable option. Because um, I was like, who, who, why would we watch this? Like, like it looks fucking, just looks it's bad. Hungry Wives. Dude. Right? Who fuck wants to watch it? Like, why did they not just stick with Season of the Witch? Which they even use the song Season of the Witch in the movie by Donovan. Right. So it's and like, why are you not? Neither, neither of those are the real names. The real name is Jack's wife. Jack's wife. Which yeah. is the worst. F- George. Uh, another the terrible one. Worst yeah. fucking name I've ever ever fucking who's gonna go see that george you fucking maniac jack's wife oh <laughs> sick riveting yeah that's what i'm saying season of the witch should have been the i know i know i know oh my god marketing it as a soft core porno the film distributors cut major parts of the film and changed its title to hungry wives marketing as a soft core pornography film Dude, this couldn't be farther. <laughs> least, least sexy thing I've ever seen. <laughs> the film failed to find an audience. Yeah, well, <laughs> you showed it at porno. You're marketing <laughs> it as a fucking softcore porn. <laughs> what are <you> doing? <laughs> there's one sexy. There's like what? There's what? one. There's <laughs> one. No, there's one. There's one, and and you hear the daughter like, because because that guy, that fucking ugly idiot, Greg sleeps with both the daughter and the mom and you hear like you hear it happening behind closed doors and the mom starts masturbating you like <laughs> barely see it you barely see it which weird sex scenes george i think might have a fondness for because <laughs> let's go to the crazies 1973 also same year yeah george writes and directs the crazies um what so, okay, so first of all, I want to talk about this real quick. Was the 2010 remake heady, as heady as this fucking movie was? What do you mean? Like, this movie is, like, trying to actually tackle subjects, right? Like, like bioweapons and, like, fucking medicine and shit. Like, it, like I feel like this movie is actually trying to make a point. Was 2010 yeah. like that or no? I saw 2010 only in 2010. Me I haven't too. ever watched it again. I remember liking it, but I also remember thinking it was like way more Hollywood-esque. So yeah. I'm going to assume no. I'm going to assume I, it's not. As I mean, I, I'll be honest. I, I don't know. I, I, I should rewatch it, but I don't know if I'd be... I think I'd be more inclined to say I liked it better than the original now. I'm, I'm curious, though. I'm curious. I don't know. So you think watching it now, you're gonna you're gonna like the remake better? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, only really? because I think I think they just capitalized on the idea of the like 
they showed more of what happened. More of the crazies? Yeah, more you get crazies. more of the crazies. Because fun fact, uh, you don't see a lot of the crazies here. That that is actually a good point. I think I do I do think that the remake ramps that up more. Yeah. This is more psychological. This is where just like Dude, this is more this about might how be they more all behave. T- this might be more terrifying when you're just like, oh, like the government can't conspire against you like this. Oh yeah. You're doomed. Yeah, there's no like, way out. You have to think about it. Yeah. Yeah, there's no way out. Um, you get this insane opening with the crazies. With kids and their parents and the dad lighting the fucking house on fire. Yes. With the family inside. Like, dude, again, like, what is George doing? He's lighting children on fire? Two kids who who will hear, like, the next scene, like, oh, they're transported to the hospital. So you're like, oh, okay, thank God. And and then then they're both pronounced dead, like, shortly after. It's like, George, George, why? George gave you that string (laughs) of hope. Gave you that little hope. And then yanked it away. That's actually so funny. <laughs> Including that in and not just being like they died, <laughs> making you be like, "Oh, thank goodness!" And then being like, "Then being like, oh, by the way, oh no, Sarge, you didn't hear? They're all dead. Oh yeah, just, <laughs> just a throwaway scene." <laughs> oh yeah, those kids. Yeah, no, they're fucking done. They're done. They're fucking dead. Um, and the guy. The, another weird thing about George I noticed in the crazies was. Um, this guy loves gunplay in his movies and cannot afford a single fucking good Hollywood gun. They're dude, they're pop guns and it's insane. But he like will never not use guns in his movies. Like so much gunfire in them from night of the living dead to here. It's just like, there's gunplay everywhere. And you're just like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, Like, yes, the pop guns are back in this. Um, and this is the one, yeah, George doesn't think of it as a horror movie. He thinks of it as an action satire. Um and and a mo- and a movie where <laughs> and a movie where you can't tell who's crazy and who's not. That's like kind of the end goal of this. Like you you which by the way, I think he does that fucking well at the end. Yeah. And I don't know whether that's a credit to the amateurish acting. But there's like something about it where you're like, wait, is he good or is he crazy? Like you couldn't tell, but like I couldn't tell if that was because the actor, because that the actor's doing a great job if that's what he's trying to convey. But it's hard to tell. Uh, agreed, agreed. And the uh, film company really wanted him to make an action movie, um, but he was like, I gotta have my satire, which I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> I mean, satire of. Action movies, I guess. I mean, say if I agreed with him or not. I, see, I don't think that's what he's satirizing. 60s. I don't think that's what he's satirizing. I think he's saying it's like an action slash satire. So, what is he satirizing? I don't know. He didn't really elaborate. Because like, there, there's nothing. I mean, I'm sure people could like shred me for saying this, but I, I, there was. I mean, if you said it was like a commentary on the government. Uh, sure. Yeah, that's that's what it is, George. To say it's a satire. Uh, yeah, it's I don't a weird. Think you know what that word means? <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that. I agree with that. And also in this, this was one where he was, he was like saying how bad it is, and he doesn't want to watch it again. And and he was like because <laughs> he hired again like local people, just normal people in town to act. 
And he's like, yeah, some, if you look, uh, some of those people in the white suits, uh, the, the, the costumes look giant on them. And it's because they're 16 year old kids. <laughs> I mean, I mean, this one has so many extras. We have like full it's armies, insane. full like biohazard doctor teams, and they're all just locals. And, and the cast, I'll just run through it quick. We have Lane Carroll as Judy, the pregnant nurse. She's only in this, and there's always vanilla. And in there's always vanilla. She is an actress in the TV commercial for one scene. So she's a nobody. Uh, we have Will McMillan as David, he, uh, the Vietnam vet firefighter, our main guy. He'll go on to be in Christmas Evil in The Enforcer. But that's pretty much it. Uh, we have Harold Wayne Jones, who's uh, Clank. He's in Night Riders in a movie that we need to do on our show called Provoked. Uh, I've never heard about it until I looked this guy up. It looks so fucking stupid and crazy. Uh, we have to. Do, it's an action movie. Um, Lynn Lowry, Catherine the Teenager. She is in a lot of horror. Uh, Shivers, Cat People, Rabid, I Drink Her Blood. And she's in the Crazies remake as well. We have Richard Liberty as Artie, Kathy's dad, who's in Day of the Dead and Fight of the Navigator. And then we have Richard France as Dr. Watts, who's in Dawn of the Dead and There's Always Vanilla. So, again, not like there's no star power in any of his movies. But it's weird because he will get like an occasional person that's just like a good actor. Like, it's so weird. Like, that guy, Richard France as Dr. Watts, he's like a fucking thespian. He has no business talking and being that good as he is. D- dude, like, why did Dwayne Jones do Dwayne Jones, right? That's his name? Yeah. For, yeah. Why did he do that fucking movie? Like, uh, like, we all know Night of the Living Dead now, but like, imagine being approached by a 26 year old kid who's like, I'm making a movie. About these things that eat your brains. And you're like, eh, but bro. And I know they don't. Uh, don't, don't whatever. Uh, they they eat people. Like, Dwayne Jones would be like, cool, kid. Uh, I'm going to go make that money. Is, <laughs> that is such a funny thing. Like, being approached by a kid with no resume. Asking you to do that. And then and then showing up on set and watching them put, like, Build a deli bridge. meat. <laughs> Put deli meat and cover it in, in chocolate and be like, you guys got to put this in your mouth for this scene. <laughs> like, this, fucking, this place fucking stinks. I'm out of here. <laughs> this place stinks. <laughs> Can you imagine the smell? Because, I mean, no, they're building their own bridges. So there's no way they're thinking to bring like freezers and stuff. That meat's going to be out all day, like covered in chocolate. Oh, my God. It's fucking disgusting, dude. Fucking insane. Um... <laughs> Me covered in chocolate. Fucking Dwayne Jones is like, uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and by the way, that house was actually abandoned. And, um, uh, Jet, that's how they got to use it for that because they were about to demolish it. So, like, yes. on top of it, he's probably walking into like the filthiest fucking Dude, uh, breathing in asbestos and like <laughs> rusty nails everywhere. <laughs> Oh man, it's so crazy. But um that's why it's the crazies. Um so we have a ton of the 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 kid people in the white suits. Uh very uh it's turning the frogs gay vibes from here. Like like the 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 Alex Jones, right? <laughs> like watching this watching this post COVID is very weird because I mean the at, at the highest level, the plot is the government gave people a vaccine, which is turning them crazies, and now they're trying to contain the town with a mandatory quarantine, and nobody's allowed in or out, um, and they're going to murder you if you attempt to leave, and you have to deal with the government trying to kill you from 
you know, exposing the truth and trying to leave. And then you also have to deal with people turning into the crazies because of this vaccine. Uh, yeah. Pretty crazy. I mean, that is hey, not a name. <laughs> thinking of, of all the, like the conspiracy, like you said, Alex, you know, all the conspiracies yeah. that people are espouting today about things and things that we've just lived through the past two years. Pretty crazy that he made that in 73. And it's like, damn, like it's, it's, were people it's thinking wild. That then? It's like, wild. And by the way, if you didn't know, the, everyone, uh, my Pepsi turning the frogs gay thing is a thing Alex Jones <laughs> claimed that pe- Pepsi was being made with fetal tissue for some reason, but then they were also pumping it into the ocean and the frogs were drinking it and <laughs> turning gay. <laughs> People paid this guy, you know what I mean? To like find out these hard hitting facts. <laughs> Could fucking easily debunk. Like, I mean, like, not, 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 not to go into it, but like, why would he give a shit? Like, like, what if you prove that to be true, right? Like, yo, like, would anyone just stop that concerned Pepsi? about dude, that concerned about the frog population and 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 their dating preferences? <laughs> why is that? Why is that what he's hammering? The ED, I, and I really only like it because of the dubstep remake on uh, YouTube, which is fucking incredible. Where the guy spliced it and made a fucking mix of it. <laughs> frogs gay, frogs. Gay. <laughs> it's like EDM. <laughs> Um, fucking idiot absolutely idiot uh, so yeah so crazies and, and I mean what a weird story and like intense man like and sometimes it's unintense sometimes there I do see through that and I see some of the satire after I read about it and I was like okay but like so, it's like kind of hard to watch at times um, what you would do in this situation right they're hurting they're hurting everyone up bringing them in the this group of people escapes and they're trying to hide from the government um yeah and by the way within like 20 minutes of the movie they've already decided that they're gonna fucking nuke the town so i was like wait how long is this fucking movie (laughs) (laughs) they're like planes in the air and i was like what is happening like uh, it, dude, it is so bleak, and and like right from the get go, you just have these government people come in, and uh, they're like, "Well, you know, we were developing a vaccine, but it's also a bioweapon." Which again is just like, yeah, you can go on like 4chan or Reddit and like look up conspiracies, and like that's things people have been saying. Uh, right. So it's crazy that people still had at least at least George had that thought in his mind. You know, fifty. I'm not saying he believed that, but at least he thought that it could be a thing uh, right. fifty years ago. So. Well, I mean, it's distrust and revolutionary um, for this yes. time period, for sure. You yes. know, coming off the heels of <laughs> Vietnam, you know. It's, but to your point, they are going to nuke that. That that is their solution, dude. Like, like firebomb well, the town. First fucking solution that they come up with. They're like, well, time to destroy the town. And guess what? I get it. I fucking get it. Like, what you have to think that you have to be the one to throw that out there, and like, um. There's like a turn of the living dead does it well. Yeah. Because they, they do nuke the town. Yeah. And, and, but like, there's a long scene of these government officials. Like, again, it's another one of these weird slow movies that he does, but like it works. It works. Like you're not, it's not boring somehow. Um, He does a really, really good job of it, but they're, they're trying to make that decision of whether to nuke it within like minutes and, like, some guys are like, what the fuck are we talking about here? And then they're like, do you have a fucking another idea? Because this is national security. This isn't a fucking town anymore. Like, yeah, 
This is this that, is the globe. If they let them go, if they let these people escape this town and it starts spreading, right? They're fucked. They absolutely. It's going not going to stop. No. Yeah. So honestly, like I, <laughs> I hate saying this out loud. Like, nuking is a very feasible option if you're at this catastrophic of a level. Like if you're at if you're a fucking government and you like you know what I mean. Like you'd be like, well, <laughs> fucking. <laughs> Whoops! Yeah, to them, what what what's a town compared to the globe? The right? globe, right? And there's there, you know, that's oh, terrifying. It's that's fucking, fucking terrifying. Yeah, it's fucking scary. Like you guys, like are- I, that's why I think this movie is so effective to me. Like uh, you're watching, you're just like, well, shit, like this. And this is almost as much of a zombie movie as any of his other movies because yeah, people are turning and people can infect others, and and they're like identifying each other, being like, this guy's infected. Like this guy's about to be a crazy. And that's the thing. Everyone's having a hard time determining who it is and who isn't. And which, is, which is so funny because some of the guys act like such stupid idiots that you're like, this guy's a crazy. It's like, he's not. He's Dude, that's the a fucking crazy. idiot. Dude, the one girl that is constantly like, <laughs> and they're like, is she okay? And it's like, oh, she's for sure crazy. She's not. She's not. She's <laughs> a fucking idiot. <laughs> which is like... Could you imagine like a real life outbreak like this? Like how many people we know in our personal life? Like, there's no way. There's no way you would think they weren't turning. And they're just killed so many people we know because we're like they're crazies. Because they really are. Like, and again, like this is the difference between this one and the remake. The crazies in this. Like, when you see them at the high school, like, the random cuts of them, like, and they're all like, Wah! like, they're just acting silly. They're acting like a bunch of silly gooses. Like, <laughs> besides the dad at the beginning burning down the building, it was, it was very, they yeah. were very benign. Like, they were very, like, not, they were like, they could think, right? They could, they weren't, like, mindless, totally. You guys want to build a lock, a uh, 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 shed that we could piss in in my backyard? I'd fucking kill him immediately. <laughs> this guy's a fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, he shows you the end result, and he's like, "It's my na- my neighbors love it." <laughs> okay, I'm gonna dead. fucking cut your dead. head off. <laughs> Absolutely fucking dead, deader than a fucking doornail. You know, no, the neighbors actually think it's a great idea. Okay. Uh, <laughs> He's been infected. <laughs> Somebody kill this We have to guy. stop this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And, and it, there's another weird scene in here that I just wanted to pick your brain on a little bit. There is a scene where I thought they were a couple have sex. And then another guy r- runs in and pulls him off and is like, you piece of fucking shit. And beats the shit out of him. Do you rem- do you, do you remember the scene? Am I describing it actually? Yeah, it, it, it's Artie. It, it's Clank. Clank pulls Artie off of Kathy. But isn't Artie dating Kathy? They show up together. I I, I Artie, actually Artie Artie is Kathy's dad. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's why. That's because because then Artie kills himself. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. He Artie is Kathy's dad. I don't know. I did not pick that up. I, <laughs> yeah, that's why. That's why he's so pissed. <laughs> well, thank God for that guy then, because I like I was like, what is going on? So was Artie a crazy then or no? That is that what we're supposed to be? Okay, so this is this is where we're. I think this is the this is the message. This is the message of the movie, right? Like Artie's just a fucking creep, fucking pedo ass bitch, and. Not a crazy though. 
And like, that's what we have to look at. Right. We have to be like, Oh, every, like you could be a crazy without being a crazy. Well, I think, I think Artie was because, because there's that scene where David is like our main guy, David is talking to Judy because he like discover he's the one that like figures out like the virus and how it's spreading and stuff. Yeah. Like, remember, remember David's like I I have it, but like somehow I'm immune to it. Like I, it's not affecting me. Oh. But he he says in that scene, he's like Kathy and Artie, and he's like, and he even says like I think Clank might be too. Like the, these people are infected. Oh shit! So I, I think I think Artie was, I think Artie was infected. Oh, what a weird fucking movie. <laughs> Yeah, because because yeah, because Artie kills himself, he hangs himself, and then yeah. and then Kathy walks outside and she's immediately murdered by a soldier. <laughs> <laughs> fucking a twenty four shot with the it fucking is, lambs it, running around. It is so it is so bleak. Like when you think about what he's filming and conveying in this movie. The end of the movie is uh, a guy the 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 guy that was leading the um, shot. Can- he's doing such a bad job containing <laughs> this. He he has done absolutely nothing. He's brought in in the beginning, and he's like, I gotta get this under control. Like, the mayor's like, fuck you, you need to tell me, and then, like, he's the guy that's like, we have a nuke, like, but we're gonna get this under control. Yeah. He has done nothing, and then the government calls him, it's like, you've done a great job, we need you to get to Louisville. And he's like, but I, it's a problem here. And they're like, yeah, it's fine, just get your ass to Louisville. <laughs> it's spreading. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and they're like, you did a great job, and then he's going to the next town where it is, and... That's fucking to insane. Do, to sit in a chair for, for another two hours. <laughs> Just be like, oh, this seems crazy. Um, <laughs> what do you rate it? I'm going to rate it. That's what I was just typing up, our ratings. Um, wait, are you writing down your ratings? Yes. Okay. Season of the Witch, I didn't say. I would give it a two. Two out of five? Yeah. I, I liked it. I did like it. It was all right. It was fine. It's a failing it score. It yeah, crazies. It's it's you can't rate them like that. You uh, failing you, score. <laughs> it's a four out of ten. It's a two out of five. Uh, crazies, <laughs> crazies. I'm gonna go with a three on the crazies. Give it up. You could bump me up to three point five. You could dump bump me up to three point five. Give it a solid four. Solid. I, I fucking really liked it. You fucked with it. Three point five and four. Wow. Season of the Witch was fine. It was just like I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, I could give. I could see giving it a two point five. Uh, I didn't. I, two, two, two. I don't like. I mean, two point five is right in the middle. It's, All it's, right, fine. Fine. Look, I, I'm not talking about shit. I'm just saying you, you seemed like you liked it more than, I did, than I did, the two point two out of five. Like, I did like it. That's all I'm saying. It was slow. <laughs> it was slow. Um okay, so George then after this, nineteen seventy-three, uh he films a uh PSA. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Lutheran the Lutheran church commissioned him, right? I'm trying to um, I don't Lutheran know. Service Society of Western Pennsylvania uh, commissioned him to do an educational film about elder alu- elder abuse and ageism. Okay, and he sent it to a film festival um, where he was a finalist, and then it was lost forever until it was discovered in 2017, shortly before Romero died. Um, well, no, he died in 2016. 
Oh. Did he? No, no. I am wrong. 2017. That's why we're doing this. Five years. <laughs> yes. Five year anniversary. Yes. Um, uh, and it was given a 4K restoration and premiered in 2019. I believe Shudder premiered it. Yes. Um, so I started this. I did not. I was like, you know what? <laughs> it's Memorial Day weekend. I have other things I can do right now. Because this is insane. This is uh, <laughs> this is insane. And you can re- hear some funnier takes on it on our uh, Patreon bonus this week. Um, but, like, it starts off with this narration. Not even a narration. It's not a narration. It is a no. man talking to you like a medical commercial. Like It's a, it's a PSA. Right. So he's like, listen, this is a real issue I'm going to talk to you about. <laughs> and you're about to see a film. And then he describes what we're going to watch. Um, we opened, you open with this, just this old man who's just bloody and he just proceeds to start walking around. And I was like, I'm good. I think I've seen enough of this. It- it's Lincoln Mazel who we'll see in Martin. Yeah. Um, he, like you said, is just talking about like the struggles of getting older and how like society can't keep up. That is what this is. I mean, there's, there's like nothing more like, I get why people were excited to watch this. I think if you're a George fan and a completist to hear that he has a lost film, or a lost game calls a film. Is it what 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 is this? It's a they call that he has something mid, lost. a mid length film. Uh, yeah, that's not a thing. You can't just call things that. <laughs> Whatever this is, I get why people were excited for it. It is it is very much Romero esque. Like if yes. you told me George made a PSA on getting old, I would expect it to be something like this. It was more like sad than anything like yeah. <laughs> like like, you're like yeah getting old sucks like this guy is just walking around nobody gives a shit about him and like he's just lost and like nothing is easy for him and that is what's getting old like it's hard to keep up and like society like forgets about you after a certain age yeah that's fine uh, would i ever watch this again do you need to watch this no unless you want to watch everything george did like like i said on the patreon it was fucking lost if it, if it was anything like worth a damn Nobody would lose it. You, you would be watching it. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, and it's a PSA, like at the end of the day. So like, if you're not, if you think it's not completionist, it's, this is something that should be on YouTube um, under like commercials that you'd be surprised George Romero films, like oh, the yes, beer commercials. Yes. Like that's what this falls in line with. This does not fall in line with like part of his collection. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like I don't. Put it in the George Romero collection. It's not a like thing. for some reason. He, dude, this guy loves motorcycle gangs, but there, there's a motorcycle so gang much. scene in in the amusement park, which is crazy. And I think we've talked about it on the show before. Old or just people in general, up until like 1990, they must have been start putting something in like public water to just <laughs> keep us young, so we can buy more of their products. Like that, that should be a conspiracy people are looking into because. There's a scene with the bumper cars where the lady gets in an accident and she's like, the person's like, that was your fault. How old are you? And she says that she's 67. She looks like she's on death's door. Like, I, she is decrepit and old. Like, give me a fucking break. And then like a 67 year old now like looks like that guy, Greg, that we were talking about in, in the movies. And he was 25. So it's just people back then looked so much fucking older than they it's really so were. Insane. But the, my favorite fact that I looked up, that that I looked into, 
while watching this was Lincoln Mazell, who is the old man that we talked about talking about being old and like, he's giving like a heartfelt speech about being old and pretty much being like, I'm going to die soon. And like everything sucks, right? Like getting old sucks. This guy lived for another 36 years. Get the fuck <laughs> out of here. Dude, he died at the age of 106. No fucking way. <laughs> yeah. But Joe, again, he looks so he, fucking rough. <laughs> dude, if you told me he died the week after filming this, I would be like, yeah, uh, he did. That makes sense. He, he looks terrible. <laughs> yes. 36 more years, dude. 36. It's so fucking long. Dude, and he played... He, uh, dude, he, telling me... Dude, being like... Uh, dude, 36 years from now, like, I would be happy if I'm still here. Like, that, that is crazy. <laughs> 36. What would I be... Dude, I'd be what? How old would I be 36 years? 76. Oh, yeah, 72 or something like that. So yeah, I'll be 72. Like that. Yeah. 36 more years from now would be a fucking blessing. This, that guy living 36 more years? Holy shit. <laughs> That's so nuts. Um, and this leads us to our... What do you rate it? What do you rate that fucking movie? Okay, okay. This, do you want to even rate it? I feel like you shouldn't rate I'm gonna, it. I'm going to rate it. I'm going to rate it in terms of enjoyment and filming and... and See, see, now that you gave Season of a Witch a two, like I gave it a two, like a two, a two's not good, but it's not, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen. Like he did fine. Oh, uh, you know what? PSA. You know what? You're right. I actually want to change my score now. Now that you say that, because now I'm thinking about what a one is. Yeah, a one is there's always vanilla. Go, go fucking watch. There's always vanilla, and it will change your entire Wait, rating. I'm gonna change. I have to recalibrate. <laughs> I have to recalibrate what there's always been. Known. All right. I'm going to go. Yeah, no, I think I'm going to, I guess I'm going to go with the same scores as you actually three point. I think I'm going to readjust. I'm recalibrating right now. Right. I'm going to go three for seasonal witch and four for the crazies. I think that's both fair. I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, listen, 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 I'm not, I'm not trying to sway you. No, 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 no. Judging off what you, your own words and how animated you were talking about them. I've not a two. It's fucking nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm just, I'm just a menace. I have to get like recalibrated. Yeah, but this, this amusement park thing recalibrated my brain a little bit. Cause I was like, Oh yeah, wait, what's a one? <laughs> like what? Like two is like, like you said, it's like, it's not, the I word. would watch not, this yeah, it's, all day over. Uh, there's always vanilla. Yeah. <laughs> all day. <laughs> wait, what did you rate? There's always vanilla. One. Okay. One. <laughs> Honestly, the only reason it doesn't have a 0.5 is because it was like somewhat competently shot. That's the only reason it's not a 0.5. Um, okay, cool. All right. So um, we he, he ends his PSAs, and it's 1977, and we have Martin. And this will be um, with Seasons of the Witch, The Crazies, and Martin. Three movies he made, he follows up with from Night of the Living Dead that really to us are are good movies. Good movies. Um they don't get not seen. doing much for him. They're not doing, doing for zero him. for him. He was in crippling debt. Um yeah. And none of these movies were getting seen. Like Night of the Living Dead was like just catching fire basically. Um which will lead to our next episode. Um, which is so funny. Lights up because it's so like obvious in hindsight. Because he's like, "Why aren't I making money?" And then somebody finally is like, "Hey, George, why don't you just do what you're good at and make a fucking zombie movie, and people are gonna love it." And that's what he does. And finally, uh, yeah, and some, some slack. It, and you know, like, 
But can you imagine? Okay, so here's a thing too. He does Night of the Living Dead, and then he really does nothing in that genre that he's claiming is in horror. Like every movie we're talking about, even Martin, he's like, oh, it's not really a horror movie. And it's like you could debate that. But um he his next attempt is another zombie movie. Yep. Which to me, kiss of death, right? You'd be like, if you're in this time, you'd be like, have you seen what he fucking made? Like he just made fucking Martin and fucking the crazies. Like, what's he going to do? Like, like, what's he going to do with this? And he comes out with Dawn of the Dead after Martin. And you're like, how the fuck does he do that? How did, how did one you up do that? The living dead? <laughs> How'd you do that? It's Look fucking at the quali- insane. Like, like, just like the tone and like the quality of Dawn of the Dead is just so much. And it's so light years different. ahead of what he did. It's <laughs> yeah. so different than Night of the Living Dead. He didn't even recycle the formula. He was like. I'm going to take this and do something else. And it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> How yeah. the fuck do you do that? But we'll there's get into that, yeah, that next week. We'll but. get into it. But there's nothing based off these five films that we've seen, including Night of the Living Dead, that would lead you to believe he's going to make something as gory and as epic as Dawn of the Dead. Dude, you, it's unbelievable. <laughs> like, Dawn of the Dead is still one of the goriest movies like, ever. <laughs> um, but before that, he does Martin, which... Uh, again, original cut of the film was three hours, uh, and George Romero demanded it be all in black and white. And the distributor and producers were like, "George, you have got to stop! Like this is fucking insane. We're not releasing a three-hour black and white film." <laughs> um, George ends in up nineteen seventy-seven. Nineteen seventy-seven about a vampire that's not a vampire. Um, uh, <laughs> but, uh, so he did end up filming it in color, but he did get his black and white dream sequences, um, and fantasies, um, which is it a fantasy? Is it a flashback? Um, I, I love that aspect of this. Movie. It's, it's interesting. Um, and another movie similar to, um, the crazies where you're coming out of the gate so fucking hot with Martin, um, injecting a woman with, a drug a syringe a syringe um cutting her open drinking her blood and raping her yes that's fucking heavy how <laughs> yeah. it starts dude his poor producers must have been like george you fucking kidding me like <laughs> the, last, the last movie you fucking opened with kids being burned alive by their dad what are we doing george <laughs> do you like not making money george <laughs> because this is a good way to do it. Um, Martin is a character. I looked at other reviews of this online. Martin is a character that for some reason gains a lot of sympathy from people. And I think that that is fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. I think maybe if you didn't have that opening scene, you can make that case that yes. he's just a fucking weirdo. Uh, who has no family or friends and is misunderstood. But no, no. Uh, what, am I, what am I saying? Because even later in the movie, he's still doing that fucking weird... He's still murdering people. Right. So. Dude, the way he talks about sex is so weird that I fucking hate his guts. Like, we, the way he's like, when he's like, I want to lay with old the magic, <laughs> The magic trick with the, yeah. the cutter fucking... And he has that Richard Ramirez-esque face, right? Yeah, that you does. just want to fucking beat the shit out of him. <laughs> 
So yeah, well, no, nobody should feel sympathy. So it's weird. It's weird. And I don't think, I think George was trying to not make him sympathetic. I think he was trying to make him realistic, which is different. And I think he does that well. Like this dude is a human being in this movie. Like you feel, yeah, it's weird, right? It's the most humanized vampire ever. Like you'll ever see. And that makes it scary and sad. It's sad. It's sad. he's in a sad situation, right? So the, the, yeah, the sto- he's also old. He all, he's also old. He he looks like a twenty year old, but he's he's a vampire. He even makes comments to it like he's in his eighties. But he's not a vampire. For a- he's a fucking vampire. He's not a vampire. Dude. His whole family has convinced him he is a vampire. Because of the weird shit they believe in. This is the story. He has a cousin named Coda who is very religious and calls him Nosferatu. The theme of this movie is this whole family is like, entire family has been telling him his whole life, you're a fucking vampire. There's a curse on this family and some people are vampires and you're fucking one of them. And they don't like him. But his other cousin, which by the way, another weird thing is he's sexually attracted to his cousin. Um, But... She's the only one that's like, dude, they are full of fucking shit. They're manipulative pieces of shit. And they are, they are, and by the way, regardless of whether Joe or I are correct, this is what she's saying. So it's a weird, he did it in such a way where you could have this conversation of, is he a vampire or not? But ultimately, but then again, the ending is fucking weird, right? Because he calls into the radio station. After he was murdered. After he was murdered. Because he's a fucking vampire. Okay, well, this is what I'm fucking saying. <laughs> Listen to me. I'm not the fuck. I didn't fucking write it. Talk to fucking George. <laughs> no, I actually kind of like this debate, to be honest with you, because I, I think that's what makes this movie work, because is he or isn't he a vampire? And right. they even kind of get meta at a point where he confronts Cousin Kuda in a fucking vampire outfit. He's wearing a steak Bro, and like vampire so fangs. And Kuda's like, holy shit. And then he's just like, I'm fucking with you. Like, yeah. Here, take this off. And you're like, oh, he is fucking with him. But then he goes and murders people and drinks their blood. And drinks their fucking blood. So it's a weird, it's a weird fucking dynamic. Maybe not done perfectly, but like really fucking well done. Like I really fucking. It's very interesting. Yeah. I, I thought funny. it was. And again, like, so like, I, I'm not a fan of rape scenes like I, ever. Like I, they're, mostly unnecessary but for whatever reason it works in this movie because i don't know what it is there's something about this the way it's shot the way it was used in the movie it's it's all very weird and confusing i really liked it and and the debate debating about him being a vampire it could go on forever and by the way with him not being a vampire the end of this ends with his cousin coda fucking driving a stake through him yeah dude and thinking about like, that's something you hear on the fucking news, as sad as that fucking is. Like, you could totally hear a parent doing that to a kid because they were mentally ill and had convinced, or on drugs, and had convinced themselves that their kid was a fucking vampire. Yes. And, like, Terrible. thinking about it in that way is, like, so fucking tragic. And you watch, like, Martin's lights go out in that moment, and you're like, what the fuck? Like, this is so fucked. But also, at the same time, like, Martin's a piece of shit. Like... <laughs> But but it was also Martin, like Martin's it was a serial killer. In, in my theory, he was taught to do that, right? Like he, everyone, his whole life has been like, "You're a fucking vampire," right? 
Which is no, I, honestly, I love your theory. Like, like I said, I like that debate. Like, That's is so he or sick. Isn't he? And it works either way. If yes. he's a vampire, it works. Oh, if he's not, it still works. Because like, there is illogical things on both things that happen, like kind of throughout the movie, where you're like, "Well, he's not a fucking vampire," but then you're like, "Wait, I, I, he's for sure a fucking vampire." <laughs> right? Yeah. He is staked through the chest. There's blood fucking everywhere. One of the goriest things ever. And then you hear him calling to a radio station, like, like fucking, because they're like, "It's been weeks. We haven't heard from him." And then it's like. I think I know where the vampire, the count is. And it's like, it's him. Count. It's him. It's him. Yeah. Uh, He's like, I'm his friend. <laughs> I'm his friend. Dude, that kid's John boy. Amplis uh, plays Martin, and we were going to see him a bunch of times. He'll show up in Dawn of the Dead. He'll show up in Day of the Dead. Creep show. He's that disgusting corpse in Father's Day in the beginning. Oh, my God. Uh, he's in Night Riders. And then we have Cousin Kuda, who's Lincoln Mazel, who we just talked about in Amusement Park. He's the old guy. Uh, we have Christine Forrest as Kuda's granddaughter and his cousin. Yeah, uh, she's Romero's ex-wife, so she we saw her in Monkey Shines. Yep. most recently. Um, Creep Show, Dawn of the Dead, Night of the Living Dead remake. And then we have Tom Savini show up. Yeah, this is the first time he worked with him. He plays Arthur. He's a guy who comes over for dinner with cousin Kuda. He does like and, every uh, stunt in the movie. Also, he does does all the stunts, all the stunts, <laughs> and he did the special effects, which are phenomenal. They are, and Romero shows up himself uh, as a priest. Um, by the way, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to toss this out there. I just read this in October, 2021, a 16 millimeter print of the black and white director's cut thought to be lost forever was located and will undergo restoration. Have you ever heard more fucking lost films by one motherfucker? Like what if are, are we, are they really lost or did somebody finally just clean out the fucker's basement? And like, he was like, please don't show these to people. <laughs> And now the family's like, we got another one. <laughs> oh, I have a question for you. Yes. What is the most unbelievable scene in this movie? Um, there is a correct answer. It's not, it's not an opinion. <laughs> I can't think. Of, I can't think of. I can't think of anything. Um, well, inexplicably, inexplicably filming. Two guys shitting with no startled doors and just having a conversation with each other as Martin's walking around washing his hands. Like, <laughs> why? Why did he put that in there? It serves nothing, and, and and you see it for like a while. The camera is just on the two of them taking a shit and with no stall doors. And, and you know what else? Like speaking of that, like again, it's day to day shit. This guy films like it's so weird. And Martin ending up falling in love with this like widow or or like divorcee and like. And then she kills herself. It's so weird. It's such a yes. weird fucking movie, but um, I really liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, yeah, and that's, that's ultimately Martin's. Like, Martin, Martin's done in because that girl kills herself, and Cousin Kuda is like, I know it was you, you fucking asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Drives a stake through his heart. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, that's also insane. Whether, whether he's a vampire or not, Cousin Kuda's only rule it's just fucking kill people outside outside of the town. Outside of the I town. That's his only fucking I don't give a role. shit what you do the next town over. I but forgot about you that. better not do it here. That's that's <laughs> the funniest thing. Like, dude, like three times he's like, if I fucking find out you fucking killed somebody in town, I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> Martin's like, okay. Um, yeah, and Martin obeys those rules. <laughs> yes, like very strictly. <laughs> um, but yeah, Martin, what do you rate it? I give Martin a, a three and a half, a three point five. I'd give it a four. 
you know, I can I can be persuaded to a four. I think Martin was really good. I, I thought it was I thought it was really good. Again, it was a little slow, but um, I, I really enjoyed it. And dude, Martin Martin playing the ultimate pr- being the ultimate prankster and uh, playing the trick on the phone the most genius thing although the scene lasted 15 fucking minutes of like who's on the line (laughs) and marvin just being like (laughs) i mean i I know there's a lot of downtime in the crazies i think that's the only difference between crazies getting four and this getting a 3.5 is like this one somehow has more like you watch martin like martin's a fucking handyman like when he that's how he meets that girl because She's talking to us, she's like, what else do you do? Because we're watching him do chores. It does more chores. <laughs> Which, again, I like this movie. I'm not like, that sounds like a, a huge negative. It's not. It's not a, like, for some reason, putting all that in this movie doesn't affect it at all. Yeah. But, I mean, we do see him do a lot of mundane shit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, does this, the big question, does this week make you more excited for Night Riders? I... I am so glad you said that because I just took a piss break and when I was walking upstairs, I swear to God, my only thought was I can't wait to watch fucking Night Riders. <laughs> Yo, now I want to watch the four-hour cut of Night Riders. <laughs> Romero all day, baby. There's, there's, I, I'm I am part. so on, but like if these five were this good, and then knowing that Dawn of the Dead is st- is coming next, like I and a, a creep show. Fucking Day of the Dead, like I am, I'm hyped. Yeah. Wrestling. So yeah, next week is Dawn of the Dead, Night Riders, Day of the Dead, and Creep Show. Um, what a what a fucking run! Yeah, and then and I'm in the third episode of Serial Killer will be Two Evil Eyes, The Dark Half, and Bruiser. Which you know, I was a little um, concerned about Bruiser, but now I'm not. I I think at worst. It will be entertaining, right? Yeah, like, like it, I, I, I don't see a like these were movies that I was not, I did not have high hopes for, and like from an entertainment value, you know what I mean? Like, we're we're not even gassing them up as like, oh, those brilliant shots. Like it's shot fine. They're just good movies. Like they're they're fine to they're fun to watch, man. Like it, it was shocking. <laughs> it was fucking shocking. Um, and then so and then after next week we have two evil eyes, a dark half, and bruiser. So again. The 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 tail end of his career will be the question mark. We I don't know what to expect. I remember post, I hated post when monkey up. shines is is going to be interesting. Yeah, land of the dead, Dire of the dead, and survival of the dead. That's going to be um, that might be maybe not. Maybe we'll like it. I don't know. We're surprising people every day. <laughs> All right. Um, well, that's it, man. Oh, Do you have anything I, else I'm to glad, talk I'm, about? I'm glad we're doing it. First episode was fun. Yeah, good good call on this, Joe. Joe thought of this for celebrating George's fifth death. I honestly forgot that I thought of it. it You you could have have ran with it. 100% (laughs) you. Um, Thank you all so much for your support. Thanks to all of our Patreon members. You can donate over there if you want. Patreon.com slash I hate horror. We're on Facebook.com slash I hate horror. I hate horror.com. Instagram.com slash I hate horror slash I hate horror and on Twitter sometimes at I hate horror show. Joe, where can they find you? Instagram boognish1985. That's a wrap guys. Thank you all so much. We appreciate you and tune in next week for serial killer part two on George Romero. Yes. You say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Adios. <laughs> <laughs>
Fucking zombie getting sliced and diced. The monster. 